Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed by offering high-quality, top-performance, and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. Welcome to this edition of the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Mike Mangus, editor of Modern Tire Dealer. Are you thinking about expanding through the acquisition of a single-location tire dealership? If so, stop whatever you are doing and listen to this podcast first. In this episode of the Modern Tire Dealer Show, mergers and acquisitions expert Michael McGregor of Focus Investment Banking offers real-world advice that could have a direct impact on the success of any deal that you are considering. This is a can't-miss interview, so let's get to it. Michael, thank you for joining the Modern Tire Dealer Show today. Thanks for, for, for carving some time out of your schedule. Great to talk to you again. Hey, pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, and we I think we have a really interesting topic today uh, based on a column that you wrote uh, a while back for Modern Tire Dealer as part of your monthly mergers and acquisitions series called the Single Store Acquisition Challenge. And uh, the subhead of, of the column was, it's a lot harder than it looks, which, yeah. which you know, I think says a lot. That's probably a loaded statement. But, um, you know, the, the angle is, you know, let's say uh, you're a tire dealer and you want to acquire uh, another dealership, but it happens to be a single store or a single location uh, dealership, which, you know, happens every day. And um, yeah. as as you indicated, it's a lot harder than it looks and can be, you know, very complex. So I guess that the big broad jumping off question would be, you know, if, if you are a dealer looking to pick up or acquire a single store tire dealership or auto service center, what do you need to think about? What do you need to be talking to that, the owner of that business about how, how do you how do you start the conversation? Well, I think the first thing you have to you have to like step back and understand that it's probably not run the way that you would run your store. It's not going to look the way you run your store. You know, it might be a different configuration, like physically, obviously a different market geographically. So you just gotta, I guess, go look at it holistically, you know, look at all the various parts of it and look at it as a, a, a unique business opportunity that you need to assess it from every angle that you would assess your own business from. Um, a good starting point is just to, you know, take a look, I think, at the location itself, the demographics around the location, Mm-hmm. Is it a dying business, a dying area? Is it a growing area? Mm-hmm. Obviously, traffic patterns, income levels. You know, there's this guy, uh, Greg, I forget his last name, but anyway, he opened some stores in Atlanta and he had this thing where he was just starting to open them in the highest income areas that, that he could find because he found that it was just easier to sell a ticket when you found a lot on the car. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, demographics matter a lot. Um, and then obviously everything about the the location, the real estate, are you going to be buying it? Are you going to be leasing it? What can you do there? Oh man, the equipment. There's a lot to look at and analyze. Well, um, one thing ahead. one thing in the article, Michael, that you mentioned is is when when talking to an acquiring company, you you always 
uh, recommend they have a pipeline of potential deals going simultaneously. And you even recommended developing a target list of all the single store locations and the markets that they like or want to be in or get into. Right. Because you never, you know, say you have one or two locations, you know, you never want to, when you're looking to acquire the third, you never want to fall in love with a particular one. Mm-hmm. Because maybe the deal doesn't happen, or maybe it ends up being pricier than you wanted to. So the way to avoid that is to have multiple opportunities where you're semi-agnostic in terms of which one you ultimately get. Mm -hmm. Some will be better than others. Mm -hmm. Some may be more higher valued. So you not only have no pressure to, I got to get this done, but you have other opportunities where, yeah, maybe you might not be as perfect as your preferred one, but perhaps the value is better. Maybe the long-term growth is better. Maybe the the business, you know, the, the clientele is better, right? So I just never get, I just like my clients when I'm helping them acquire, I like having them to, to have just choices. And that that's what you want to have too. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to always feel like, man, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. You want to feel like it's not working out. I'm going to walk away. So the idea is to not become fixated on any one business Correct. or any one potential deal, but to, have, but to have multiple conversations going at multiple, once. And then also, you know, sometimes sellers have different timelines. You could be talking to a gentleman who's maybe 62, maybe he's really planning on retiring at 65. So you know, well, maybe you could have another one in the pipeline where the guy is closer to retirement or even if he's younger, he just wants to get out so that, you know, these things can take some time. And uh, and going back to like not getting fixated on one, mm-hmm. you, know, you could be talking with one particular seller and then all of a sudden someone comes by and swoop, swoops them up, which is kind of what, what has happened to uh, to the gentleman that I mentioned in that column, Brad Templin at Scott's You Save Tire and Repair. Out in Chicago, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. He he's he's encountered that problem on more than one occasion. Yep, yep, yep. You're competing with some other people that are starting to dip down into the single store, uh, you know, acquisition. Whereas before, five, six, seven years ago, it was all about hey, ten stores or more. Yeah, yeah. We're seeing more of those single store acquisitions happening. Yeah. Also in your, your your column, you mentioned uh, that you recommend having that valuation discussion, that discussion about the uh, business's perceived value the first time you talk to the owner. You know, you just don't want to waste anybody's time. And a lot of times these guys, Mike, they don't understand how a business is valued and they may have have out-of-date information they may have had a buddy that sold a single store and did really well mm-hmm. 10, 15 years ago. So you just want to, you just want to get out of the way and it, it doesn't have to be. And, 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 you know, sometimes, you know, you may have this discussion and the owner gets really upset. Well, you know, uh, but it better to know that up front than spending five, six months doing this dance and then coming mm-hmm. to try to work a deal and then nothing happens. Then it blows up. Then if it's going to blow up, have it blow up early and then have that person kind of like, you know, see what is out there. Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. someone else comes across. So if you're, you know, if you're already in the business, say you have two or three stores, well, you're, you're a, you know, you're a real, real time acquirer there. 
that guy may end up dealing with uh, some banker who got laid off and has like a couple hundred thousand to invest, but certainly not enough to buy the whole business. So they may end up dealing with a uh, individual buyer versus, you know, a two or three store, which is more in the strategic buyer category. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes for a deal to happen, it has to blow up. Um, so just, you, you better know that, uh, early than wasting a lot of wasting everybody's time. And, and you mentioned that, that your approach is to throw in, uh, what you call ad backs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. during, during this process, can you elaborate on, on that a little sure. bit? Sure. Well, first of all, you definitely want to have a non-disclosure in place. So the business owner feels comfortable explaining all the various expenses that he may run through that business. Like if he, if there happens to be a show out in Vegas that coincides with why he wants to be out in Vegas and maybe he takes a whole family out to Vegas, okay, that's their annual vacation. Well, that very likely is an add back to the expenses. If for some reason they do, you know, training down in Costa Rica and he flies down there, that may be an add back. He may have family members that are on the payroll, but when you look up close, you know, they're really not doing anything productive in the business, that would mm-hmm. be an ad back there too. So you really want to take a look at it and give the owner full credit for all that stuff. First of all, that's going to add credibility to you. Mm-hmm. It's going to first, it's going to help you understand where there might be extra profitability for you. That certainly impacts how you value that business. Well, like I said, but it's also about trying to get a fair deal done. And by showing the owner that, you're legitimately, you know, concerned with coming up with every dollar to value the business fairly, that that uh, helps to smooth the deal as well. But likewise, on the flip side, you mm-hmm. also might want to take a look at where you're going to need to invest. Uh, if he's got old equipment that is worn out and you know it and he knows it, you got to point it out, right? Because that to me, a store with just equipment that needs to be all replaced. Well, that's not as valuable to me as a as a as a business that has current equipment. If there's repairs that have not been made to the building, even something as simple as like a, the bathroom needs to be updated, or the showroom needs to be updated, or the bay doors aren't working, and you got to you know the the automatic thing doesn't work. Well, you got to repair that. Well, those are expenses that you're going to have. You should fix it up before, or if not, then you've got to show that it's a real expense there. So at the same time, you can have a legitimate discussion on what expenses he's delayed or not made in that business and why any business owner is going to need to make those investments there. Well, I think that applies to personnel as well, Mike. Like, What if the owner works in the business and it will be exiting or maybe a, a senior level technician will be exiting soon or a service writer, you know, what's, what's the loaded cost to replace those key individuals? A hundred percent. A lot of times business owners, you know, they, they know that business in and out. If they're in every single day, they may think they're not adding any value, but if they're writing tickets, if they're calling customers or helping out, Mm -hmm. then there might be an expense to that. So absolutely. Um, As a business owner ages, they typically leave things to the folks in the store. So you will find that the the dollars that the typical tire dealer is pulling out of the business is probably more than what it's going to need to, you know, 
replace those those same rules. But it just that's also a discussion that 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 you have to have. Now, on the flip side of all that stuff, too, mm-hmm. you really want to analyze the business from what you think you could do with it. So again, if you do have two or three stores, you're looking to acquire one additional store, you've got a template for how you run those stores. Mm-hmm. Well, if he's a little light in the back shop, if he's a little light in the front shop, and you just know that you're going to run things differently over time, you should model that. You should try to very simply put it in an Excel spreadsheet. And under you, like for example, if the store does 10 10 customers a day and your average is 15. Well, if the, if the store hasn't done any advertising, but you do, mm-hmm. and you know you're going to get the sales up, factor that all in, do a model so that you could see what it's going to be like for you. I wouldn't show that to the owner. <laughs> That's your proprietary yeah. model. That's how you do business. You know, you're going to pay the owner for what he's done You'll buy it because you know you could do well with it or better than what they've done, but you're certainly not going to want to pay them for where that business will be if you're a really good operator two to three down, two to three years down the road. Okay. You're the one that's going to do that work. You're the one that should reap the value from that. I would imagine all of this uh analysis can probably affect uh what you're willing to to pay for the business. Yes, it, it, it does. Because sometimes, you know, <clears throat> a single store, even if it's profitable, say it's got 10% profitability or so, that owner may have a high expectation of value for that business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and the only way to really bridge that gap is to find other transactions that went down in the in the same area to get them educated a little bit on the whole thing of how small businesses are valued. But at the end of the day, you know, if you think you're overpaying in the short term, but you think under you, you're going to do much better. And if you really like that business, you might just bite the bullet and get the deal done and then make those changes. And then in hindsight, you know, it turned out to be cheaper for you. Um, You know, I find that, uh, especially when real estate's involved, when you're going to actually buy the real estate, you're going to mm-hmm. be extra committed to that. There's a whole another reason to be in that location and making it successful because as the business grows in value, you're also paying yourself rent if you, if you acquire it yourself as well, the mm-hmm. real estate, data, you know. Thanks to its R&D efforts, BKT is committed to helping customers succeed. By offering high-quality, top-performance, and reliable tires that can handle any job in more than 160 countries worldwide. What what happens if you, as the potential buyer and the potential uh, owner or company's owner you're buying, uh, reach an impasse you know where one comes in and says i think i think i'm worth two million and you as the buyer say i think you're worth one million or 1.5 million that has to happen from time to time i imagine it does you know you can try to go out and find a third-party appraisal on that business and get another opinion on the business um i think in the column i suggested well once you take that income staying in balance sheet down the bank and see how much you could borrow on that. That's a good starting point. Without, guy, with, without a personal guarantee. 
Without a personal guarantee, yeah, um, just on the business itself, what is that business really generating in cash and what's a bank willing to lend on it? Because, you know, there's a good chance the buyer of that business is going to go out and get a loan, not use all his cash. And so that might be an eye opener there. Um, yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, if you're far apart, there are techniques that you can do. Uh, you can have the owner... You can you can have them stay on as a consultant of sorts if they're really adding some value if they're willing to work a little bit that's a way to show some income stream there. Mm-hmm. If you if it's a really solid good business as it is, you might consider doing an earnout to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, you think you'll do better, but it's a good solid business. Well, hey, Mister Seller, what if I was to pay you as long as the sales stay consistent for the next three years? What if I was to pay you X extra? over this amount of time, does that work for you too? So there are things like compensation agreements, mm-hmm. non-competes, and then these earnouts that that might bridge the gap. And then, like I said, just try to bring a third party in. What, what if what if that single store owner says, you know what, I, I think I'll just work another couple of years. I can squeeze a few more years out of this. And, yep. and then... Uh, you know, uh, those two years go by and the guy again says, ah, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with it for yet another year. I can hang in another year. I mean, what, what do you do at that point? What are your options? Do you cut and run? Do you, you, you stay in touch and be friendly um, yeah. because you never know. And that's why you need to have a pipeline of these things because a small single store is typically not terribly highly valued. You know, if you take a look at every reason why that is a single mm-hmm. store is, you know, a lot of it, the, the, the knowledge about that business, the customer relationships are owned by that owner, and uh, there is some risk to a buyer, okay? And that's that that's why they're typically valued less. The bigger the business is, the more it has a, a structure behind it, the more it's, it's better capitalized, the better financial information in that business, the, the higher it's valued. I mean, we've, we've represented business owners that have a, you know, cigar box accounting well, shoot, buying that and believing the numbers is is really tough for for an owner, and they're really at a disadvantage here. So, typically, it's nice for a business seller to understand that he knows that business a lot better than the buyer, and there's far more risk on the buyer's part than than in the seller's part. But the good news is, if the seller is selling to a strategic buyer and not just some private individual off the street, there's a greater chance that he could get a lot of the cash at closing. Mm -hmm. If it's not a very profitable store, it's going to be closer to the value of the assets in the business. It's a very profitable store. It will be a multiple on the goodwill. Um, But, but, you know, a strategic buyer will typically pay cash at closing and uh, our larger transactions tend to be 90% cash at closing. Michael, as we as we wind down this episode of the Modern yeah. Tire Dealers Show, great conversation, great topic, very relevant. Um, and any final thoughts to share with our listeners? Oh, cast a wide net. You know, if you are two or three stores and you're looking to grow, um, I mean, make make getting out there and talking to your the other tire dealers in the market make it a priority. And first of all, it's good for you. It's good for you to socialize and get out, meet new people, learn some new things, learn about some new markets, learn about things that they're doing well. Hey, every small business owner thinks they're doing everything really well 
they get out there and find that there are people out there that do it better. So it won't hurt you. And you never know what opportunities will come your way when you do that. So that that's probably my biggest piece of advice. Don't be stuck in your store. Don't mm-hmm. be insular. Get out there. Have an open mind. Meet some people. Meet some new friends. And uh, and see if you can't uh, increase the value of your business that way. It sounds like great advice, Michael. Thank you for sharing uh, that great insight with our listeners. Great having you on the show again, and look forward to speaking. Look forward to speaking with you again on the Modern Tire Dealer Show soon. Okay. Hey, and Mike, I always throw this out there. If anybody has any individual questions about, just call me, or my email is typically in the column. You know, we can't represent every small seller out there, but we could certainly point them in the right direction to help them when we can. That sounds great, Michael. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. To get in touch with Michael McGregor, email him at michael.mcgregor at focusbankers.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Modern Tire Dealer Show on Stitcher, Spotify, Audible, and other popular podcast platforms. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. Whether you're working on a farm, a construction site, or in the OTR industry, BKT has a tire for you.